This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. We are kicking off hour two of Kelly and Rummy till 4 p.m. That's a whole other hour of the show with more conversations to come. Want to get right into it, so let's bring on our community report of the day with Julie Martin in Pictou County, Nova Scotia. Julie, how's it going? Good. How are you guys? Doing really well. And I got to say, I'm very excited about your last topic. So I want to get through all the topics to get there. (laughs) To get to that one, yeah. We could just skip home and talk about that the whole time. I don't like how excited Julie is, as if it's like, what is it? It's so exciting. (laughs) And and we've brought this on the show before in other contexts, and we always get excited. Is this not new? But let's talk about this first one, because it's cool, too. Chili in a bowl fundraiser, and this is for the Picta Antigonish um, uh, Regional Libraries. Yes. And um, I'm, I'm sure you guys know by now that the libraries in Pictou County and Antigonish are our biggest supporter for programs mm-hmm. and stuff. So I'm I'm encouraging everybody, if you're able, support this fundraiser. It's chilly in a bowl. So you get, it's takeout, you get the chili, a bread roll, a bottle of water and dessert. Mm. And the chili is in a handcrafted bowl that Mm. has been made by one of three artisans in our area. So um, there's Denise Martin, um, Carrie um, Allen and Sarah Bowman. They are the three um ladies that have created these handcrafted bowls so you get to keep the bowl it is fifty dollars um but you get to keep the bowl and you get a 25 dollar tax receipt um and it goes to i mean the fact alone that they provide daisy players and victory to streams free of charge to those of us that are you know are using sealer on Nels or Libby. Mm. Um, So it's a great thing to support. And it's March the 3rd. Pickup is from the new Glasgow Library between noon and 1 p.m. Nice. so loving the keepsake of this Mm -hmm. handcrafted book. Yes. Yes. Is this annual for them, Julie, this specific Chilean bowl? Yes. Okay. No, um, they do an annual fundraiser and normally it's dine amongst the stacks. So you sit down to a three course meal with a glass of wine and there's muse, live entertainment and other stuff going on, Um, silent auction, that kind of stuff. But since COVID, um, things have just changed. So this is something that they had already pre-planned before we realize that we'd be in a full opening but um it's a great idea like it's you know well i hope people appreciate i mean and this is one of the tricky things you know the the other fundraiser people show up do their thing it's it's i i want to say a more tangible thing that way artistry unfortunately sometimes people just don't know when they say fifty dollars 
and and look at that. That's they so don't long. know the yeah. time and effort. And this is a one of a kind for you. Like this is something you take home for that is no one else has that bowl. No one else has that necessary identical design. Um, it, it's pretty exactly. impressive. It, it, I think it's a chancy, a little lofty kind of thing to, to do, but I think it's wonderful. I would love to yeah, buy one I of do. these bowls. So really oh, great. Oh, well, be my guest. Oh, I'll, I'll have the chili out of it. I, I'm not going to have any of that. But I'll. Uh... He's not going to have the chili. Just <laughs> yeah. send him oh, empty I'm bowls. He's not going to have the chili. Yeah, uh, is I just that want a bowl. Kelly saying that? <laughs> yeah, not going to have that chili. No way. Um, let's move on to your second item because I know this is another exciting, and we've recently been talking a bit about art as we just were on the show. But Tactile Art Club for the Vision Impaired, which will resume this March. What's this? Yes. So um, we used to have a weekly. Um, tactile art club for the for support for the visually impaired and mm -hmm. and then of course since covid it stopped um so we applied for a grant um and i'm thrilled that not only did we get the grant to run this club again monthly but we got funding so that transportation will be paid for because in the community that we live in, there, are, there is no public transportation. It's a cab or the, you know, the handy bus, but it's extremely expensive. Um, so I'm thrilled that we're going to be able to get people back and forth to the library um, mm. to be able to participate in this and that they don't have to worry about transportation or finances as a barrier. Well, you so know, I'm, I'm going to say Fedora's off to you guys for applying for this money and the open-mindedness of, hey, this is a challenge here. Because in so many communities where there isn't that public transit, these events, these things aren't happening. These opportunities aren't oh. there. Um, what what kind of art do you do? Is it, We had the folks from Hands of Fire so, on here recently from Toronto, and I'm kind of curious what things you guys do. So... Um, we before i'm not sure what the artist her name is sarah mosha i'm not sure what she has planned other than i know i requested that we do some cuts in like mosaic wise mm -hmm. because we had been talking about roman villages and stuff um but we've worked with concrete we've worked with clay we work with pastels we work with um broken pottery i mean there's so many tactile mediums yeah. that you can create something quite spectacular so every month we are going to be working on an individual project as well as working collectively on a group project the one that we did before was a, a quilt um wow. that expressed how we how we see you know, like what, how, yeah, what sight, what it looks, the world looks like through my eyes or right. somebody else's eyes. Yeah. Can I ask? And you that... can see that on AMI this week if you want to. Okay. We can use that on the app. Folks can go back and look for that. Um, but I'm kind of curious, Julie, when you do stuff like that, and I, I know we want to move on to the third item, but I'm just curious, does that help too when it comes, you think, to getting that grant? Because you're also teaching people, not just those having the opportunity to create the art, but people looking in saying, oh, oh, is that part of it or just kind of one of those expressions that you guys wanted to give? 
No, um, it's open to anybody, not just those with sight loss. Um, okay. Because I'm finding that there is a real um, interest in learning mm -hmm. more about invisible disabilities, like taking ASL or learning Braille or, you know, even with young children, let alone adults. Um, there is a thirst for knowledge I'm finding in our area um, mm -hmm. because you, you really, it, you'd be hard pressed not to find somebody that knows somebody right. that is deaf or sight loss or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah I, I just mean, found the quilt a very interesting thing that you guys did of expression. Yes. Yes. And interpretation. Because it was so tactile. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Very and because of so. the collaboration yeah, aspect, sure. there's so much for interpretation and it's art. So that's just beautiful. Uh, and for our last one that we're going to squeeze into the community report, Julie, let's talk about the Braille Lego that's being recognized at the CNIB oh, Halifax. My gosh, I can't believe this Braille Lego. Like, this <laughs> blew me away. Um, so they brought it um, to our last um, social of the VIPC group that we run here in Pictou County and uh, Kaylin Lloyd brought it and he showed it to us and we played these games and it was just lovely and I've since found out that this Braille Lego, the packages are available to CNIB clients and their families free of charge mm -hmm. which absolutely blew me away um, because we've already been talking um, for the libraries in Nova Scotia that the Braille Lego will be incorporated into the Let's Build Lego programs that they run every month. Um, so it's just fantastic that, um, you know, it's going to be in your community and you can um, email Andrea Voss um, to get these packages sent mailed to you free of charge. And it's Andrea Voss, oh, sorry, Andrea.voss at frontier cnib.ca. Julie, what kind of games did you play with the Lego? Oh my gosh. It was like, <laughs> you know the you know the green like flat thing that you build Legos on? The platform the, the, yeah. the little yeah the boards yeah, yeah the, the boards, flat yeah. one. So Kaylin Lloyd, who is just the most phenomenal human being that CNIB has, as far as I'm concerned, he um, he marked it off like a tic-tac-toe board. So you reached into the pail of or the tub of Lego and you decided how many um, dots are on that piece. So say it was the letter B, so there's two raised dots. So you put it into the second square, ah. but you also have to identify what letter it is. Right. And then you fill that square in. So the first person to fill a square wins. Oh, that's fun. So it was like, that is cool. it was really cool because you had to figure out how to fit them in as well as what the letter was and all that kind of stuff. I think that this is amazing for obviously for kids, we already know that, but especially for adults who are 
losing vision or wanting to get their hands on things and to learn braille along with this is just fantastic like this is one of the most it's brilliant things that has happened. yeah yeah i so i can't cool. believe it i'm like i'm i'm thrilled absolutely thrilled I think it's wonderful. And I can't wait to play it with my grandkids. You know, Great. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Any involvement yeah. with Braille is good. Yeah. <laughs> Any involvement with Braille with, is uh, brilliant. Braille yeah. and Lego. Exactly. Best mm-hmm. combo, if you ask me. Julie, thank you so much. We'll catch you next month. Oh, you're welcome. Take, Take care. care. Stay safe. You too. Bye. Julie Martin joining us from Pictou County, Nova Scotia, and she joins us once a month for our community reports. Our community reporters join us Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. After the break, we have Young Wong joining us. She's kind of our freelance journalist. We talk about everything and anything today, the love and the relationships. We'll be right back on Kelly and Romeo. Don't go away. There's more great conversation with Kelly and Ramya right around the corner. We're back. It's Kelly and Ramia on Accessible Media. Thanks for joining us via AMI-TV or AMI-audio for the live show. And that's 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on weekdays. It's our first live show of the week because it's a shorter week for us after Family Day long weekend. Uh, But if you missed anything on our show, you can, of course, download the podcast. We upload Hour 1 and Hour 2 to your favorite podcast platform. And also you can catch the repeat of the show on AMI-TV at 10 p.m. Eastern and every eight hours on AMI-audio. Let's now check in with our monthly contributor, Young Wang, to talk a little bit about love and relationships. Hi, I'm Young Wang. I'm a blogger, disability advocate, and immigrant social innovator. Join me to explore challenges and changes in our community on Kelly and Remia. Well, today we're getting into maybe some of the challenges, Young, because we're talking about love and not necessarily the love between couples or among couples, but Uh, siblings, friends, other people in our lives, and some of the things we've had to navigate around this. Yes. And uh, uh, like, let me start with you, Remia. Do you, uh, in your life, do you um, have something like when you think of it, you feel loved? Um, Anything? Have a story? I I love anything sentimental, Young. Honestly, like I'm a sap for if if someone has uh, extended any kind of gesture of kindness, whether it be a gift or just some kind of thoughtful um, moment, then I am so like I will so remember it for a really long time. And most of this, I I think of my mom, who uh, you know we don't share a lot of talking, like, let's do this, let's do that. But she will often surprise us with experiences, um, favorite foods or favorite um, outdoor excursions. Or if we tell her, you know, oh, I really like that, then a couple months later, a couple weeks later, she will have gifted that to you. So it's an endless amount, but it's just the fact that she remembers what we like and will um, carry that through later on, which is so sweet. Wow, that's yeah, that's so sweet. You're always on her mind. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And how about you, Kelly? Well, you know, I I think about 
what I was taught from my parents, you know, just always be available, uh, think of other people. And some of that is the smallest little things, just remembering little things, trying to make people laugh. But what I've always really admired and liked is when, and again, you see this a lot on TV or, you know, or in movies, those friend relationships. It doesn't matter. It could be siblings, could be, uh, you know, two, two buddies, two, you know, whatever it might be. But it's the little things each other knows about the other and what you put up with in the sense of the quirky things that all of us have. And, you know, it's just part of that dynamic. But you, you really see the, I have your back. And I think those mm -hmm. little subtle things, and that's just even knowing how you take your coffee. Right. It's, I just think those are really, um, you know, I don't want to say, oh, those are the really sweet things, but those are the real things that you know somebody. You're not just there to occupy time or use them as an amusement. You, you know that person because it comes natural. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're all like nurtured by all these kind of relationships, yeah? Yeah, and very as Kelly so. pointed out, dynamics can feel very different, right? Like from friend to friend or family members or uh, colleagues or teachers and students. But uh, you can definitely tell when when kindness is fostered. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But how about the opposite, mm -hmm. Young? Um, wait, is there something mm -hmm. you wanted to share about a time you felt loved? Before we move to the uh, Yeah, like when, when I think of something, like mm -hmm. I have quite like many because I think I'm spoiled by my families, my friends. Um, but if I want to say one thing, I'm thinking of a, a mattress, like a memory foam, like a memory foam mattress mm -hmm. um, that that uh, my, my friend Jean, um, she's my high school friend. So we were classmates when we were high school. And ever since then, we have been very good uh, friends. Um, my, my father passed away like seven years ago. So I was, um, when I was in that grieving period, um, and soon it, it was my birthday. So, um, she knew I, I was, you know, in a hard time. So she, she's in Maryland. Um, and she took some days off her work and uh, she flew over here to nice. Toronto and stay Very nice. in my house. Yeah, oh. that was tremendous. Yeah, tremendous. Something tremendous to me. Um, so we we chatted, you know, had a, night, a girls' night out. Uh, we went shopping together. Um, uh, we went to IKEA, and and <laughs> she, you know, she bought this <laughs> mattress for me because I have this lower back pains. Um, and I, I I need a like a harder mattress, mm. uh, and she bought this. So now still I'm having it like uh, every day. Uh, I, yeah. I do not necessarily <laughs> think of her every day, but yeah, it, it is there. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, such a tremendous uh, support and loving gesture. Yeah, feel very um, comforted. Yeah, she's a grand gesture person. Yes, right. for sure. Lying in Cause, cause, mattress shopping. Yeah, because she has a big family. She has three kids, like parents living with them and working for the university. Very busy, a very busy woman. And she but took she those felt, days off. And she felt that you could use that support, and that's yes. tremendous. Yeah, yeah. When I was in need, yeah. And Young, mm -hmm. as we were going to ask, how about 
the opposite. Maybe some of the more sour uh, relationship dynamics that you've faced or have noticed that other people faced and how it was dealt with. Yeah, that is interesting. Like, um, actually, uh, my my friend Jean just left left my house. Like, she and her husband and kids came to visit Toronto again over the weekend. Mm -hmm. They they just left. Uh, but uh, during her visit, uh, we made a phone call to a common friend of ours, like also our high school friend. Uh, way uh, she she's in the uh, United States as well. Uh, that that was a call after three years because we we our relationship went sour in twenty twenty I believe because um, we had an argument uh, about Donald Trump. Oh, oh uh, boy! Who hasn't heard yeah. that before? <laughs> Yeah, so Wei is kind of a fan of Donald Trump. Um, we, we had some argument, and after that, um, I tried to call her a couple of times, but uh, could not uh, get hold of her. So I, I feel like um, she's thought of think maybe I'm wrong. I, I could be wrong, but I felt like she was thinking, oh, um, any like Chinese who who didn't like. Trump might be communist, so as not to be trusted, <laughs> something like that. That's how I felt. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I, I couldn't, yeah, we lost the contact with her. Um, and the other day, uh, it was her birthday, actually. It was always her birthday. So I was thinking whether I should, you know, contact her again. But I hesitated because I, mm. I, I didn't want to be sort of that way. Um, and then I have a pastor friend. Um, he, he's, he's uh, I'm not a Christian, but uh, he's a very good friend of me, of mine. And, and he called me and I talked to him. I just chatted with him and uh, uh, he asked me about way because before I, I told him about her and he asked so i said mm, well like i was thinking a and he encouraged me to to contact her um nice because uh, yeah because he said oh yeah. sometimes people don't get back to you because they maybe due to technology reasons right maybe it's uh, like they just missed the message all right mm. anyway you should keep contacting like uh, loving people um uh, keep showing uh, your care, your love uh, for them, and uh, don't think of people from the bad side. Like you were just right. imagine, yes. right? Yeah. yeah, and yeah. So I said, oh, okay, then. <laughs> yeah, then I yeah I, I contacted her, um, but we we like we got to like, and she responded. She responded. So I was very mm. happy, and. Um, um when Jean visited me, uh, we finally got to call her. Um I, I was very happy we could catch up a little bit, um, knew uh, all uh, what has happened during the past three years in her life. Uh we'll need more time to to really get, you know, back. because uh, we were very close friends before. Uh, but I'm happy. Yeah, I, I made a call, a text message. 
yeah so that yeah. is one thing <laughs> confrontation that comes after oh. an argument especially with a close mm -hmm. friend and especially if you don't have many of those can be really really awkward and i think that the other thing is too um sometimes when we get into topics that we you know really express ourselves but disagree on mm -hmm. can be a challenge to navigate as well yeah but i think love is uh yeah is a thing you can hold on to mm. um yeah even you have different perspective uh different views but the person person yeah itself yeah. um deserve love from us yeah and that's through different growth periods right like if you think about a family mm -hmm. and you know kids are kids and then they're teenagers and then they're adult children to our parents and um all of these phases and stages of life require different versions of love mm -hmm. in order to kind and, of and, make it through and relating mm -hmm. yes it really does yeah mm -hmm. I think because yeah. you're viewed differently, right? You know, by them and you view your parents differently as you get older, as you acquire yes. more knowledge and experience. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, yeah, and I'm thinking of my parents. So when they, they were, when they were younger, like uh, when I was a kid, they quarreled a lot, um, quarreled a lot. Um, and uh, I, I remember one time, uh, I was in grade seven, maybe, uh, after a big quarrel, I, I walked outside with my father and I asked him, like, uh, why don't you guys get divorced? I think you'd be better <laughs> off if you get divorced, you know? <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I was closer to my father when I was uh, uh, young. Uh, I'm still, like, uh, still close, but when I grew up, uh, especially got married I, I started to understand my mom more mm. but at that time you know i just felt more closer to my father but my father told me like um, uh he said uh well mom was not in like uh, like uh, she she has like uh, heart disease so that may um, uh be part of her bad temper and we experienced a lot of hardships you know they, they lost children um, mm -hmm. Yeah, lost children. And um, so a lot of hardships. And uh, at that time in China, like a divorced woman is like like dead. You you wouldn't have any Unheard of, uh, yep. good life Yeah, later. It would be much easier for him to, to find a, like, a new family than my mom. Um, so, and, and he said, uh, the, a broken family is no good to your children. So yeah. that's the, well, you know, all, all that on his mind. So, yeah, yes. he, he was a very responsible man. And traditions um, have um, obviously shifted, but, you know, it's interesting to hear about some of these generational differences. Young, we got to wrap it there. This was really, really nice. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Yeah. Young Wang joins us once a month to talk all kinds of topics like this one, on love, relationships, and the experiences. After the break, we have Voices with Andy Frank. He's the manager of AMI-audio. He's in Vienna, and he's going to tell us all about it on Kelly and Romeo. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute.
You can catch The Pulse with host Juita Gupta this Thursday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern, 10.30 a.m. Pacific. And Juita this week is speaking with DeLawrence Lamptey, uh, the inaugural Embark scientist at Holland Bloorview Kids Rehab in Toronto. And the conversation is about his experiences as a black researcher living with a disability. And that's going to be... Uh, really incredible. You can check it out this Thursday, 1.30 p.m. Eastern, 10.30 a.m. Pacific. And if you missed that on AMI-audio, then you can check it out on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube as a video podcast. I'm Ramia Amuthin. We also have Kelly McDonald joining us. We are the hosts of Kelly and Ramia. Once a month, we uh, love to bring somebody on, uh, usually a voice that's, well, 99.9% of the time familiar to anyone who checks out AMI-TV and AMI-audio. Uh, this week, uh, we've got a really cool guest to talk to who is on location. On our Voices segment, we like to hear about a person's passions, drives, and any comments that they might have on any topics they find important. We're joined today by manager of AMI-audio, Andy Frank. He's going to be discussing his trip to Vienna, where he is now, and the Zero Project, among other things. Andy, welcome. And uh, I think Andy, and again, take this for what it's worth, I am vision impaired, but I think a nice ring light would just shed a little more light on you. <laughs> you heard the I mean, story, did you? Uh, yeah, could oh you share God. it? Well, we, we were teaser. told to ask about it, yeah. So we're now asking about it. All right. So yesterday afternoon, I realized my hotel room here in Vienna is not the best lit hotel room. Lovely hotel, but the lighting is yeah, suspect. So I thought I better go and get a ring light for my big appearance on the Kelly and Ramya show. And I went to one subway station to the east and went to this uh, this shop that was kind of like a Best Buy. I thought I had a good chance uh, of getting one. And I get to the to the stand, like where they're selling the ring lights, and they have a display, and there's one lit up over there. And I said, wow, yay, I got a ring light. I go up to the counter and say, so can I have a ring light, please? And I speak some German. Uh, I have German ancestry. And uh, this particular salesperson didn't speak any English at all. So it was, it was a kind of an awkward conversation. And she said, no, this is my last one. I can't sell it to you. I said, what do you mean oh. you can't sell it to me? Do you not realize I'm going on Kelly and Ramya tomorrow and I need to have a ring light? Oh. And she said, no, this is, this is a display light only. We cannot sell you the display light. I said, oh. I don't care. I'll give you full price for the display light. It's, it's not a problem. I, just, I need a ring light. And then she refused. And, and she was really kind of, you know, firm about it. <laughs> so uh, I uh, I moved on and then spent the next hour looking for a ring light somewhere else. And finally, I contacted the senior producer, Jeff Ryman, and said, Jeff, I don't have a ring light. You better test me here, buddy. I don't <laughs> have a so ring light. Weird. Nobody here knows about Kelly and Rumia. Yeah. I was just going to say, when, you, you believe know, it? I know. I was just going to say, let's say some nasty things about the place. Just say the name. So then nobody, when you go to Vienna, you're not going to bother oh. looking for a ring light there. Can't do uh, it's a. The real reason they didn't want to sell is in case he had trouble with it and came back looking for his money. And technically, you can. It might have been the case. Might have been the case. That's, yeah. they, they don't want you to come back and say, you know, or come back and try to return it after you did your appearance today. <laughs> so with you no. there in Vienna for the Zero Project, give us a, a, a bit of a feel of the temperature that you're experiencing there so far as this thing gets rolling. Well, the Zero Project, first of all, is a conference that gathers every year around this time. And, of course, the pandemic slowed it down, but it didn't stop it. They had the, they've had the conference every year for since, I think, 2013. 
And what it is, is it's a gathering of about a thousand delegates, including 71 people that are going to be issued awards for work that's been done to make life more accessible and to meet the Zero Project's mission of zero barriers. That's basically their mission. So it's, I liken it to kind of crassly to uh, the, the Academy Awards of Accessibility is what the Zero Project is. They celebrate <laughs> international advancements in various different things. And uh, so I'm really pleased to be here. This is the second time AMI has been here. I was here three years ago, just before the pandemic. And um, uh, I interviewed a whole bunch of people for a series of podcasts on the Zero Project. And, um, you know, you meet people from all around the world and they're celebrated for sometimes modest achievements and sometimes uh, enormous achievements. And uh, so it's really cool. And this time I'm bringing Stephen Scott along from Double Tap, which, of course, is uh, heard every day on AMI-audio at um, noon Eastern time and uh, every every eight hours um, over and above that. And Stephen's going to create three shows from the site here in Vienna. And we're really excited about that. There's uh, the backdrop here as uh, we're talking about that, the backdrop of Stephen and Marco Flalo, his, his sidekick, um, at the United Nations building where this is being held. And the reason also it's being held at the United Nations building in Vienna is because there's a collaboration between the United Nations mission and the Zero Projects mission. So that's why it's being held over here and why it's held in Vienna. So it's a remarkable event. Uh, we're really honored and proud to be here to um, mm -hmm. to represent Canada and to represent AMI, um, you know, to do something that other broadcasters, frankly, just simply don't do. And this is one of the reasons we exist, is to tell stories that aren't being told. Um, yes. So we're really looking forward to telling those, and you'll be hearing them through Double Tap on AMI-audio. Yes. Yeah, we're looking forward to all the footage, all the conversation, but you are it for our show while you're there. So if there's anything else you want to say, let us know. Okay, I, I will. It won't have anything to do with the ring lights. That's right. No, that's done with. <laughs> that's done with, yeah. Oh, that's great, Anthony. That's great. Yeah, this is a... Yeah, a... I look forward to... Go ahead, Ringa. I was just going to say, this is an, an amazing opportunity, and I know that when you last went, there was uh, so much to what further can be brought out by this project, and, and I'm glad that that's what's happening right now. The further mm. well yes exactly everything leads to the next to the next step and the next phase plus there's some canadians that are going to be recognized with yeah. um, with uh, with some awards as well you're rami you're probably familiar with the fable mm -hmm. and uh, their product fable upskill uh, that's being recognized that's a video-based training on how to make uh, web products uh, and services more available so that's uh, they're going to be recognized we've also got a couple of really uh, great canadian guests that are going to come by all things being well uh, Stephanie Cadieux, she's the Chief Accessibility Officer. That's a relatively new role, if I'm not mistaken. That was established in May of 2022. And she's going to stop by uh, Stephen Scott's booth uh, and talk with him about her role and what she's doing here. She was a longtime uh, member of parliament in British Columbia, in their uh, legislature in the British Columbia uh, provincial politics. And Monica Ackerman, also a familiar name to a lot of people who are familiar with the CNIB. She's done a lot of work as the head of accessibility for Scotiabank. And uh, so she's here as well. So these are two Canadians you're likely going to be hearing from. Uh, but then from there, you're going to be hearing from all, from all kinds of people from around the world as well, um, from Israel with a product called Right Here, which is a smartphone app that provides audio description as you go around various different areas. Nice. Ooh, it's a wow. pretty cool product. I remember yeah. many years ago, uh, five years ago, when I first got 
exposed to the scene was when Israel invited us to cover uh, one of their conferences, and they right. just started. They were just starting out with this particular product called Right Here, and now they've evolved it to this point that it's an award winner. Another one is Hello Movie from Japan, uh, which mm. is basically a, a free mobile app and glasses that sync audio descriptions and captions to movies. So when you go to the cinema, it's a one-stop process. Mm. And there are so many more. So yeah, that's it. Uh, that among many many other stories that you're going to hear over the next three days and uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun so exciting yep yeah with a thousand people there yes sir uh when you've gone on these work-related trips what are some of the interesting places that these have allowed you to visit andy kind of curious well, I mean, I mentioned Israel. Um, we went there twice um, at the uh, invitation of the Israeli government in 2018 and 2019. And uh, that was what kind of exposed me to this world of conferences that uh, champion uh, advancements in accessibility. And they, you know, did it really well insofar as not only providing you with access to the conference, but also like trips to, you know, side trips, entire days devoted to going from Tel Aviv, where it was based to Jerusalem, for example where wow. um, you know everybody's got some kind of a connection to jerusalem no matter what religion you are there just seems to be some kind of a some kind of a connection in some way shape or form to that particular place and even if you're not religious it's an absolutely fascinating place to visit um and uh, i think that was really incredible that uh, especially the first one in 2018 uh, that was a, a big eye-opening trip that was, was to go there and that's where i met a lot of the people that are involved with the zero project and then of course here in vienna uh, that's a you know what a great place to go i, I mean it's it's a privilege to travel anytime on work to places that are outside of canada and are reviewed as relatively exotic and i must say it's fun i'm not going to deny that um, but at the end of the day, it's still work. And, a lot of museums uh, there, right? That would museums. That's really Vienna is known for? for its its for its art, um, and also one of the this time around one of the privileges I did indulge in, and it's pretty much my only my only indulgence in this particular trip was to take in a show at the Vienna State Opera, oh. at the Opera House, which was built in the late 19th century uh, on a yes. ring road in the center of town, a magnificent architectural display uh, inside and out um, the outside is um, is in keeping with a lot of the other historical parts of Vienna architecture and the inside you've got something like six layers of balconies stacked on top of each other oh. all around in a semicircle um, facing the stage mm. um, and then you have all those little private boxes where you can picture you know royalty oh, yes. with their little with their little binoculars peering over <laughs> to see what's going on on this stage you know I wasn't in one of those boxes um, but I did uh, I did indulge and it was it was uh, our AMI colleague Mike Ross who when he heard that I was going he said dude have you been to the Vienna Opera House I said no you know I get busy and all that I said dude you have to go <laughs> to the Opera House I said Mike Ross are you telling me to go to the Opera Mike <laughs> Ross Maple Leafs public address announcer is telling me I should go to the opera, and uh, so I did. I actually quite like opera, and I went to the opera, and they had an opera and a opera and ballet hybrid performance. And it oh was, my, uh, wow! Yeah, that'd be a nice place maybe... just to go on a tour of. You know, even yeah. if there was no opera, wow. Yes, yes, Kelly, you're 100 percent correct. And I thought that too when I was there. I thought, oh my god, I'm only getting like five percent of the experience being in this one yeah. particular seat, uh, whereas. 
you know, there's got to be, especially in the, in the backstage, I love those mm. kinds of movies. You know, there's those Agatha Christie kind of movies that are set in theaters like these, these, these uh, or books or whatever that are set in there, like with all kinds of interesting catacombs backstage and underneath. Orchestra and, pits and stuff like that. Yes, yes. There, no, exactly. Right? But, all, oh, that, yeah. all that stuff would have been wonderful to see. But even then, it was incredible to go and, um, you know, the, and, and then all the rituals and the rites, you know, um, I bought tickets on the ground floor of, of seating, I suppose, on the floor. And so I was allowed to check my coat, whereas if you didn't, you, you didn't have access to the coat check. <laughs> I know. Very specific. So I said, well, mm, I, got my, I got my coat check. Thank you very much. You were afraid to do that. I'm too afraid to do that. I don't get it back. Thank God they give you the slip of paper because if they say to me, and what does your code look like, sir? I uh, Kelly, uh, Kelly, Kelly, this this guy, this, there were only three people checking out. I don't know, hundreds of people were checking their coats out all at once, of course, right? The, the, the show closes and everybody rushes to get their coats checked out. And there's only three people. And I thought, oh, oh my goodness. Take for, oh. Yeah, and I think this is going to take forever. No way, man. They were so fast. They just took your shit. Wow. There was no money being exchanged. It was all, you know, complimentary, this and that. So that's, that's you know, that also sped up the process that you weren't, you know, busy leaving tips or, or making cash transactions or anything like that. It was incredible to, to watch these people oh. who've been standing there all night for two hours twiddling their thumbs while this opera is going on <laughs> and then frantically, you know, issuing out the coats at the end. I'd have been asleep. Yeah, Here's a coat. Wow. This is the absolute <laughs> highlight of the whole experience. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was. Well, the other thing oh, yeah. I realized was that, you know, at intermission, sometimes if you go to, uh, you know, I don't know, Roy Thompson Hall or whatever the equivalent in Toronto, um, you know, you might be able to buy a glass of wine or something and hobble, you know, just uh, cobble around with your with your with your friends and chat. Well, here uh, you go and they have these like a little pastry shop, oh. you know, with these classic. Viennese German style pastries and of course the espresso and everything like that. Um, so it's very, yeah, it was, yeah, it was very, it was very civilized. I have to say, oh, man, uh, nice. I could not go, I could not afford to go back and do this again. <laughs> <laughs> so do it now. Uh, before do we lose now. you, Andy, I want to ask about the, about your department. Um, you know, obviously we know how things have changed in a way of, since we've uh, moved over to uh, more of the TV side, simulcast on AMI-audio, um, structure for you over there at AMI-audio has changed a little bit. Tell us a little bit, maybe some of the behind scenes stuff, just what people should know. Well, the first thing I'd like to talk about is the podcast division because uh, it, it was born in the audio department. Um, and we kind of created these podcasts. We keep advertising, and everybody who listens to your show and watches TV will know that we've done a lot of podcasts. And um, this was becoming its own little uh, entity um, in AMI Audio. So we're really pleased to announce, uh, it's a past announcement now, that Ryan Delahanty, who's an old friend of your show, um, has taken over that department uh, basically as a coordinator for AMI Audio. And that's been really a, a really solid move because it allows me to focus on the broadcast channel, which is, you know, pretty much everything else that we do. And we do broadcast a lot of the podcasts, but uh, Ryan is doing a great job with that. He's uh, very dialed into the video podcast, which was new as well, plus all the other traditional audio podcasts. Uh, that was one of the big changes uh, in this past uh, few months. 
and then as far as uh, the rest of the the rest of it's kind of back to the future we did uh, a couple more reading shows daily reading shows um and uh, with, with the guardian and then uh, uh, uptick a little bit on the globe and mail and the walrus and mclean's and uh, also ramya of course uh, with the weekly audiobook show curation show and red sale with uh, his my life and books show so we're we're, we're still very cognizant of the fact that AMI-audio primarily exists as a reaping service, and then everything else is kind of bonus material. And then you have Double Tap, Double Tap with Stephen Scott that has just taken the, the world by storm, too, ever since he started going daily. And uh, and you guys, and that's basically it. That's the channel, um, is, um, is what I just described. And I'm really proud of how things have gone and uh, how things have evolved and, um, and, you know, Ryan's contributions to it. It's uh, it's been a, It's been a rich time. And every yeah, so often I, you add in some cool content here and there, you know, radio plays, live to airs, uh, remote shows, all kinds of things. Any upcoming ones you want to tease before we go? I wish I had something, Ramya, but wow. I don't. I think we've just had a really busy period. We you know we did the we did the the Great Valentine Gala mm -hmm. from the Royal York Hotel a while back to celebrate the Paralympians of uh, Beijing 2022. And then prior to that, of course, the Durham region uh, Parasport Games, of which, again, you took part. Ramya, you're everywhere. Have you noticed that? And um, so, yeah, so we, we've been very busy in live remotes and, of course, a number of different plays. Um, and we hope to be able to stage, not stage, but to present two or three plays a year that are things that are nice. that we don't produce Love it. You know, yes. things that we don't produce necessarily but there's a lot of people doing incredible work especially in the podcast realm today in, in the in that mm. in that in that genre so um it must it must be presented if it's good audio content it's got to find it's going to find a home on ami audio Awesome, Andy. Thank you so much. We'll talk again. We'll get you back out here in a month down the way. Appreciate you joining us as usual on Voices. Andy Frank, he's uh, uh, always got so much to tell us. Stay tuned for our Voices segment. Uh, we do this on the third Tuesday of the month. I want more of that audio description of the Opera House, but we'll we'll get him in touch for that. Oh, After yeah. the break, we're taking a, a look at tomorrow's Now with Dave Brown episode, as well as Kelly and Remia in the afternoon. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Hi, I'm Alex Smythe. If you miss Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv, be sure to check out the podcast today because I had a really great conversation with Megan Gilmore about the new report coming out about medical assistance in dying. It was really insightful. There was a lot to really dissect and learn about the pros and cons and what's going to happen moving forward. That's Now with Dave Brown, available wherever you download your podcasts. Stream or download Kelly and Rumya and other AMI-tv content on demand using the AMI app. Search for AMI on the Apple App Store, download the app, and find all your favorite AMI-tv content with described video and closed captioning. Wrapping up Kelly and Ramia here on a Tuesday afternoon. Thanks for hanging with us. We've been having a really good time chatting with contributors and learning about new projects and innovations, talking inclusion, accessibility, as we often do on the show. Having a little laugh, having a little thoughtfulness. Uh, Kelly, maybe we can point people out to some of the segments from today's show that they can check out on their own time <sighs> wow. using podcasts. Yeah. 
You betcha. Well, our good talk earlier with Jeff from uh, Cantaloupe, uh, I really enjoyed learning about this ADA-compliant large-screen vending kiosk because it's so tailor-made to those with disabilities in any capacity. And the thing about it that we loved in the conversation, obviously the passion, of course, they're selling a product or hoping to, but it's the forethought that I thought was really nice to learn about. The why is always nice to know, but where do you go from here? What do you plan? What do you know about the environment now? What are you being told? And what are you actually seeing in the future as to the importance accessibility-wise, not just making a buck, of course, but how's that going to help and how are you going to broaden it? Because there are so many avenues where we're saying, oh my goodness, I can't do that. I can't do self-checkout. So these folks have some of the answers. I mean, we as people who live with disabilities have so much experience that we can speak on in terms of inaccessibility, right, in our environments. But it, it always makes me curious to hear about the people, the developers, and their take on how much of that feedback they can implement, how many right. different things they can put into one uh, product, and and then say, like you said, okay, but here's a future thing we're working on. That's here's right. I just love step. their ears being open. Yes. Yes, right? absolutely. And listening for once instead of the pat on the head just saying, oh, well, you know, one step at a time. We're trying our best. You know, yeah. these folks don't go for that anymore. It's that, yeah, we're moving forward with this, and this is what we know needs to happen. It's yeah. based knowledge. Yeah, and, and some like. of that transferable as well from yes. one product to another. And that might not even be you, the same developer, but other developers out there who are saying, oh, okay, yeah, I could work this out in what I'm working on. Um, and how to use cool. the power of the cloud, as he mentioned. Yeah, yeah. fabulous. Also, we talked about um, air quality with Frances yep. Wong, and she discussed indoor, outdoor, you know, how much time we spend indoors, especially in the wintertime. Uh, but so many tips in that conversation on how we can improve our air quality from the floors to the windows to uh, filtration systems and, uh, you know, just being able to get out more is a big one. So all that on the February 21st edition of Kelly and Romeo that you could check out on your podcast favorite podcast platform, Hour 1 and Hour 2. Now let's find out what's coming up on tomorrow's edition of Now with Dave Brown at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And I believe that Alex Smythe is going to be hosting that show uh, as Dave is away, but we'll find out with Paul Daniel. He's one of the producers on the show. Is that true, Paul? It is true, uh, okay. Rami. I can confirm the rumors. Alex will <laughs> be there. <laughs> and as, as Black History Month continues, a columnist, Kelly Brown Johnson, on tomorrow's show, will discuss the inter intersectionality of racism and ableism. Tech contributor Mark Afala will give us the details about Samsung's plans to reintroduce its fan edition line of smartphones. Mm. Okay, well, lots to talk about. And then uh, with the theme of Black History kind of running through mm -hmm. all our programming at some point or another on AMI, uh, we had um, Sadine Lowe join us on AMI Audiobook Review to talk Black History book lists and all the reads that she enjoys particularly. Just wanted to shout that out. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. <laughs> Paul Daniel is one of the producers on Now with Dave Brown, which you can catch every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-TV. Uh, Kelly, on our show tomorrow, the Wednesday edition at 2 p.m. Eastern, you're not going to be here. How dare you? No, no, no. Uh, Danielle McLaughlin is going to be in here getting a little bit of uh, uh, experience in that since all the changes. Oh. It's nice to get that opportunity uh, to Danielle as our Is that what it is? You're just being ago. generous. Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm always generous, right. of course. Of course. Uh, one of the things we're going to talk about, though, tomorrow on the show is uh, Julie Black.
Uh, she changed one word in uh, in O Canada when she appeared at the NBA All-Star Game over the weekend. Our entertainment reporter, Corinne Van Dusen, will be here to give us the details. Going to miss uh, that chat, but it's going to be a good one, so it's you don't miss it. It's going to be a good it. one. And Corinne's going to join us monthly on the show, which we're really looking forward to. We're also talking business with Kevin Shaw. Sales is what he's bringing up. So that's on tomorrow. Join us then. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. We'll do it all over at 2 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.